Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I am Blake Harrison and joining me as ever with almost like a similar jumper, backdrop and grey beard is Stuart Whiffin. How are you doing, mate? You've had a big influence on me over this last week, Blake. <laughs> <laughs> am I your style guru? Well, no, I think it must work the other way because you've now got brickwork wallpaper I like do. me. I do and, and I love it. in the year that I've known you... Your beard's probably got a little bit... <laughs> you, you're catching up with me. You're catching up with a grey. Well, what it is, it's not natural. It's all just Tipex. I'm so, I really ah. want to be like Stu Whiffin. So I just it's tip not the stress tip of having to do this with me, is no. it? <laughs> God, no. Oh. Um, but thank you very much for, for listening. We've got a great guest on today. But before we get into that, I wanted to say, if you haven't yet subscribed for wherever, wherever you're listening, whether it be Spotify, iTunes, anything like that, please hit the subscribe button and give us a lovely review if you don't mind. A little five stars would be lovely because it does help us. It helps people find us uh, and gets us out there and helps us get more guests and all those kinds of things. Mm. And also we are on YouTube as well. So um, if you're not checking this out on YouTube and you actually want to compare the grey in our beards, then uh, you can pop over to YouTube and uh, do that. I mean, we're doing it. We're actually not recording this <laughs> now for YouTube. Oh, yes. been, we just flashed our beards at the screen and we're like, oh, this bit we don't record for YouTube. Doesn't really anyway. work audio, does uh, it? <laughs> so I suppose the audio version, you do get the extra little intros and outros every now and again. But the majority of the time, you're getting the full whack on youtube so uh do mm. check that out as well and give us a subscribe there or a like there does do you get likes on on youtube i don't know um yeah. but there you go so do all those things if you don't mind please but let's wait for on. it let's oh, not go on. What? let's not what? bit of news so you messaged me yesterday little screenshot of an email oh, i, I did, checked my email yeah. got a little screenshot back we're going, baby. We're going, Creden- baby. UFC credentials approved. Approved. For London. You, you're listening to two accredited media members, baby. <laughs> so we're going to be there. Happened. We're going to be there at UFC London, the first pay-per-view yeah. on British soil since Michael Bisping, Dan Henderson way back. Uh, how long was that? Five, six years? I don't know. Um, it was a while ago. But yeah. Um, yeah, so we're very, very excited about that. Uh, sorry to rub we'll that in all your faces. Both a little trilby yeah. with the we'll with be, a little, little card yeah. with press written on it. Press there. written, on it. yeah, little pencils. <laughs> hey, we're going to speak in like what's the vaudeville kind of? Hey, hey, Bisping, what's going on here? Hey, Dana White, what's going on? Um, talk to me. Talk to me. Um, yeah. So, but anyway, on to uh, today's episode. You've all uh, clicked on uh, today. We have a resurging. The Phoenix rising from the ashes. Yeah. Uh, a British light heavyweight um, by the name of Modestus Bukowskis. Said that name correctly, I believe. Um, and uh, yeah, he had this, he was in the UFC, had suffered a horrendous injury uh, at the hands or the foot of uh, Khalil Roundtree uh, and tore his knee. The UFC released him uh, and uh, he then went to win a Cage Warriors world title for the second time in his career mm-hmm. and has then gone back to the UFC where he recently was in Perth on that uh, Volkanovski-Islam Makhachev card. 
And uh, he came back and he won and he beat Tyson Pedro, uh, who was resurging as well. Um, So, yeah, we've got a lovely, brilliant chat with the Baltic Gladiator coming your way. Shall we just go straight into it? Do it, mate. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Modestus, the Baltic Gladiator. (laughs) Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. And today we have a very special guest with us. It's Modestus Bukaskus. How are you doing, mate? And do you know what? First thing I should say is, have I pronounced your name correctly? How many mate, people get you, your name pronounced wrong? Mate, you, I'm glad you've you, stepped you up and done that, Blake. Yeah. You got it absolutely yes. spot on. I'm, I'm pretty sure as soon as you pronounced my name, you saw the smile on my face. I'm like, bloody hell. The pronunciation's <laughs> on point. So, yeah, good, mate. Thank you so much for having me on, by the way. Uh, I really appreciate it. Like I say, I'm a massive fan of yours. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's great, to, great to be on here. Oh, thanks very much, mate. Well, that five is in the post for you there. That's <laughs> Sponsorship deals are wrecked us right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, but before we crack on, would you mind just turning your uh, camera? Uh, let that's it. That's that's the one. Just we want to see more of your face. That's what we want to see. <laughs> of course, of course, of course, mate. Uh, Modestus, we always start really by by taking guests back a little bit, and and um, we want to know a little bit about where you was where you grew up. And how you sort of came to find yourself in the in a gym, and 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 how you found combat sports. Yeah, so basically, um, I was actually born in Lithuania, so that's why I've got the extremely long name that not everyone, apart from Blake Harrison, can pronounce. So, <laughs> you know, uh, my 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 family are all from Lithuania. Um, so yeah, I, I literally as soon as I turned three years old, um, my family we moved to the UK. And, um, yeah, man, it's like pretty much as soon as I was able to like walk and like, like do a little bit more things, my dad had me like, you know, on the pads and everything, uh, like pretty much when I got to like five years old, I just, I just remember, oh yeah, we'd like, he'd be like, be showing me techniques and like kicks and stuff like that. And then, um, before I knew it, it got very serious very quickly. It's like one, (laughs) one week we're just having fun with it. You're like, you're like, you know, like trying to, trying to like, you know, kind of show me something cool. And then next minute it's like, okay, but this is, we train hard now. I'm like, Oh God, here we go. I I, I wonder where this is going. So, um, and then, yeah, I, I pretty much never looked back. I mean, I had a little break from, uh, so I started doing Sambo with my dad, kickboxing. The first thing I ever competed in was... Was that your dad's background? Yeah, so my, my dad, like, he started in he started in karate and, and, and Sambo, and then he kind of just blended it all together. And he, he actually mm. fought in No Holds Barred, which was what it, basically what MMA is, is known now. It's called No Holds Barred, and it's like basically what it is today, except with a lot less rules. And it was like the very sort of primitive version. I mean, realistically, this was what it was like before the UFC came about. Like I say, before there's any like real rule sets and everything. So um, yeah, he, he was a savage. So if I, uh, if you told me I need to clean my room, mate, you, you best believe my room. <laughs> Spotless. <laughs> yeah, exactly, mate. Can't leave even one dust particle on, on, on the drawers. So um, yeah, he was obviously a very, very tough guy. And, uh, you know, and I started out in that. And I mean, you know, I started competing in kickboxing. I became a four-time British kickboxing champion. And then um, I, st- I competed in judo. I did judo. So like I said, I was just always around martial arts, but I had a bit of like a, like kind of, I would say an offsetting uh, of, of the momentum with martial arts because, you know, obviously you're a kid and I was I was training very hard from such a young age, you know. Not to say that I probably got tired of it, but my parents let me sort of branch out and do some different things. And then um, I... Uh, I tried tennis first, first off. And then, you know, I started out okay. And then next thing you know, I just started hitting the ball too hard and getting frustrated. So tennis wasn't for me. Um, Then we started playing basketball. um, And basketball was actually a sport where I sort of excelled a little bit more. Um, I actually went to America for two years. So from the age of 16 to 18, I went to America. Uh, I played in the high school team, you know, obviously wanting to get a basketball scholarship. I ended up dabbling in American football as well. And I actually ended up being better in American football, but I had to stop halfway through because it overlapped with basketball. And, you know, so realistically, I I stopped training martial arts like very properly. I won my last British kickboxing title when I was 14, but I'd already stopped training it like fully, like my main thing when I was 12. Mm. So you could say I had about like a six year break and then, when I got to 18 and there was no 
there was no uh, scholarships on the table and, you know, kind of, oh, what, what kind of decision do you want? Do you want to go to college in America or do you want to, basically my dad says, you can either do that, you can come home, you can start, you know, training in MMA and, you know, this is essentially your last chance of making it as a professional athlete. So I'm like, well, I mean, you know, this has been my dream since, you know, since I was a little kid. So um, that's it. And perhaps since then, I've never looked back. So would you, you it seems like you were almost like groomed for MMA for, from a really young age by your dad. But it's it's interesting that you had that little break there and stuff, because I can imagine young kids having that kind of like a bit of a pressure put on them or like um, a pathway set for them that, that they yeah. haven't necessarily chosen themselves. It's kind of been laid out for them. Would you reckon that break was really important for you to go and find your own way back to MMA rather than it just being MMA and, and martial arts the whole time and thinking, oh, did I really choose this type thing? Yeah, I think I think it was good to let me sort of experiment and like almost like kind of just let my creativity just go where it wanted to go. Yeah. Um, I feel like it just gave me an extra bit of hunger as well. You know, um, I had a lot of failures, like a lot of failures with the other sports that it also almost everything you know as you said it just prepared me for what was to come uh within my actual MMA career and when I came back you know uh, in some ways I wish I would have continued to do it and did it like properly because then I probably would have been a little bit further ahead skill set wise but at the same time I gained in so many different ways like for example in America their strength and conditioning program is like elite level like I'm surprised that they haven't got that in the UK you know you know in our school system realistically it's oh we just do a bit of PE you know play a bit and then the people who excel sport they usually go to a club like and the main sports are like football um and and stuff like that and you know in cricket you know they go to like academies and 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 stuff like that so in America to have that in high school I'm talking like we had NFL coaches come and like NBA type coaches that were coming in doing our strength and conditioning so I gained explosiveness I gained strength I gained um and just like the you know mental toughness because I used to get shouted at a lot I still do, but, but oh my God, uh, my basketball coach was very tough on me. And, um, but I feel like that has shaped me to be, to become who I am today, because if it wasn't for those lessons, um, I definitely wouldn't have survived, you know, with my career going forward. That's, that's something that I wanted to sort of, uh, dig a little deeper on really. And, and when you said about sort of going out to America at a young age, and then obviously coming to the UK from Lithuania and such, like all of these things and all of these sports, and you know, constantly being in new environments, you know, which is for most people quite intimidating as 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 a young person. Was you a confident kid? No, mate. I was uh, I was like the unpopular kid. I was like the you know the skinny guy. The girls didn't like me. The guys weren't cool with me. It was just like it was. I a can real... really relate to that, actually. Especially <laughs> the, the, the skinny part oh, and the girls mate. not liking you. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, th- well, this this is it. I'm I'm glad that I have someone to sort of confide in with with the same the same situation. You know, we'll set like, up on... a therapy group. I'll give yeah. you my number. We'll set up a group. Gonna... Me and you. We can just talk through have... all our troubles. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. AA meetings from the traumas that we had from school, you know? Um, so, Hello, yeah. I'm Blake, and yes, I'm a skinny man, and the girls don't like me. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what we mean. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, so it was, uh, you know, it, it was it was a tough time always in school because, like like, like I say, I, I was never I was never really the guy that was liked. And it was always me trying to, like, search for validation, you know? I was always trying to search to be popular, search to be known, searching for the bloody girls to like me, for even to be part of, like, good friendship groups. And it was weird because the only place where I found security and safety was actually within the the realm of of sport or or martial arts. Like, martial arts, I felt like I was a king because, you know, I was competing and doing well, but no one else seemed to give a crap about it, you know? So... Um, it's, 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 it's mad because yeah, it's like, it's almost like you want to show off your, ch- and I was always like, you know, kind of like the nice, the, the nice kid, you know, I, I was never, I, my character got built through, like I say, the experience that I had. And like you said, being put in different environments all the time. I mean, I, I must've switched school about four or five different times. I literally, uh, had to be part of different environments constantly, you know, um, going from a state school to a private school, then back to a state school, then going to another private school is like, and then, you know, going to America to like a Catholic private school is like, it was just literally all different types, but it helped as well. Like even in the workplace, like I started out 
um, you know, working as a personal trainer and, you know, even just to be able to relate to different types of people, those experiences have, have helped with that even because it's like, then you can adapt very quick. You can adapt on the fly. So, um, you know, I definitely built my confidence over time, but it was a very long road for me. I feel like in a way, a lot of the things that happened in my life have happened to the later, like from what it feels like to me right now is like the later part of my life where uh, it seemed like a lot of kids, like, I don't know, maybe they peaked a bit too early, but it seems like I'm, I'm sort of peaking at the right time. But obviously when you're going through it, you're thinking, why the hell is it these, these good things or these experiences not happening to me now? You know, when like the, you see some kid getting off with the hottest chick and it's just like, why isn't that not happening to me? Do you know what I mean? So it's like, you, you kind of, you, you, you learn a lot of things. Um, and yeah, you just, I think you just learn to give less of a fuck, you know, like as time goes on, as things happen, you realize that, you know, no one really care. No one really cares and neither should you. You should just keep going and just be who you are. People I found in life just generally would relate to me or, or like me more when I was just being myself. And that's all you can do. That's, that's, the, that's all you can do in life is just be yourself. Don't care about trying to impress no one. And look, you're going to make friends, you're going to make enemies. But at the end of the day, this is life. So I've, I've definitely come to terms with that. And it's made me become a much happier, you know, healthier person, I guess, in general. Love it. You've, you've had some really important, uh, from, from at least look, looking from the outside in, it looks like you've had some really kind of important fights in your career so far. And the ones that, that stand out to me looking at your career would be the two times you won the cage warriors belt, obviously the first time against, is it Martin Hamlin? And yeah. uh, and then more recently against uh, Chuck, who was it? Chuck um, Chuck Campbell. Campbell yeah. That was it. And then you've also you've had you had your UFC debut, but then also you've had your I don't know if you would call it almost like a second debut because you yeah. were you were released and then you come back recently where you fought and and beat Tyson Pedro on I think it was about a week's notice or something like that so yeah. with those four fights in mind the two times you won the cage warriors world title and let's call them your two UFC debuts obviously you can only have one debut but let's call yeah. the Tyson Pedro fight almost like a second debut if you will of those four fights which one were you most nervous about and which one were you least nervous about and why? Well, weirdly enough, the one that I was least nervous about was my most recent fight, which was with Tyson Pedro. Like you would expect with all the odds stacked against me that that would be my sort of the one where you'd feel the most nervous. But yeah, I, f I probably felt the most, yeah, the most nervous for the Hamlet fight and yep. the least nervous for the so in actual chronological order <laughs> yeah. and and, and is that i guess to do guess, with maturity as a fighter yeah or is that I something guess, else i think that's yeah i think that's a testament to um yeah it's a testament to me maturing as a fighter uh, but not necessarily even just as a fighter but maturing mentally as a person in general mm. uh what the the main two key differences is that Although there's two similarities, which is where I went into the fight ready to go and get it, where everyone thought I was never going to win. I was, you know, I, I've, I've had many times I've been the underdog. Uh, many times, sorry, let me just try and prop this phone up because I'm literally holding it with my arm here and like my arm's getting a bit tired. And I'm an athlete and everything. But my shoulders keep killing me. Conditioning, mate. Come on. <laughs> Make sure you swap to the other one, or you're just going to have one big shoulder and the other's. Gonna... There we go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Does, you know, does, walk around does... like this. People right. right, we've got to stay away from this right hand. Left arm okay. Have you seen that episode of Family Guy where Quagmire discovers that there's porn on the internet? And have you seen well, that? I, I haven't, but I definitely need to check out. Now that you've told me, I need, I need to get on that, mate. I you just you see that. him from side profile after he's like, they're like, Quagmire, where have you been for the last week? And it's only because he's just realised that there's porn on the internet. And he has to point at <laughs> something. It. And he's all skinny from the side. And then he lifts up his right arm. And it's incredibly <laughs> veiny and muscular because he's clearly been working oh, out his arm for yeah. the last week. <laughs> So yeah, if I'm going around with a massive shoulder, at least at least we can say, oh yeah, just from holding on my phone, not from anything else, guys. Yeah, no, <laughs> let's not get let's not get any bad ideas here. Um, so is, is there a little bit of a, a kind of comfort in 
in in a weird way of being the underdog and also taking that fight on sort of short notice, does it like alleviate that? Well, look, I'm just going to go and give this everything I've got. You know, this is an opportunity that's just been thrown upon me. Let's just do it. Let's go for it. Like, yeah. what, what, what's the kind of sort of headspace when you, you know, when you when you know you're an underdog and and you are taking a fight that's of that sort of notice? Well, I've I've been an underdog for you know quite a lot of my career. Um, I've I've gone through a lot of like the adversities have just made me better. You know that that's the only way that you can really really handle these situations is just to become better from it otherwise you are going to crumble and you're, you're just never going to come yeah. back so you know like i said the, the, the first hamlet fight there was a sense of fierceness that i had because i knew i i think the odds i think it closed again it opened as like an eight to one underdog and then it closed as a three to one. So it's like already as time went on, and again, loads of people started making bets on me. I made I made some of my friends some money. So you know, like I say, this is when I say we're all coming up. I mean, we're making money together. You know what I mean? But um, you know, it's like uh, when you have that that kind of where everyone's counting you. And I've had that a lot in my life. I think again, past past experiences like all the time but like, never been seen as like that kid that that had that much recognition no one really cared about me okay well this is my chance to make it happen that it was already known before the hamlet fight that the winner was probably going to go to the ufc and already they were looking at they were, it's just mad like in my head it almost made me angry this is why the chip on the shoulder is so good for fighting because you need it it gives you that extra hunger and that was what i had going into that fight because everyone already had already decided that he's won it's like hold on a second yet he's got to fight me do you know who i am like do you know what i mean it's like it's almost like people just disrespect you without even realizing your capabilities so that was my chance to show myself and the and the reason why i really loved cage warriors for that was because they gave me the shot. They gave me the opportunity. We asked them, uh, actually, like, I remember I just beat Dan Konecki for the fight star belt. And then afterwards, we were like, listen, we need to step up in competition. Like, give us someone really good. Then I fought Marcin Wojciech, which was like the number one guy from Poland or number one guy from Eastern Europe. I beat him by spinning back kick uh, with losing the fight pretty much until that point. And then they're like, okay, maybe this guy's got something. We're going to give him the title shot. If he comes through, we'll start, you know, obviously, it's just a fight game. You know, you win, you 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 get rewarded. You lose, no one cares about you. It's just how it is, you know. And uh, that was my chance to shine. And, and I knew I had to weather a bit of a storm. And, you know, we got it done. I have to admit, when I won that fight, uh, along with, obviously, my, my UFC debut 2.0, um, it was one of the most like really rewarding feelings uh after the fight it, it genuinely felt like i was in a dream because i'd visualized it i'd written it on boards i had you know john jones signing a piece of paper with me with the belt and stuff it's like which i still have that up here somewhere in my room but um but yeah it's, it's it was just mad like because like i said everything then just all happened like i'm like wow now people are starting to know about me now people are starting to care now i've actually made something of myself now people are starting to think like who the hell is this modestus guy you know and then it, it, it obviously then built a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
up over 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 time. And then um and the reason why I say that was my my most nervous is just because like I say, I knew there was a lot on the line, but I just I just would basically shut out those feelings of nerves with I'm going to win. Like I'm not going to lose this, but I'm going to win. They, losing wasn't even in my thought process. I'm I'm going to win. Very similar to the Tyson Pedro fight. However, with the Tyson Pedro fight, I just came in with a bit more of a dark side. When shit really happens to you, when you know things just sit, the table seem to be turned on you, your dreams come true, and then they get crashed. You know, they 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 get crashed in your face. It changes you. It changes you mentally, and you also realize that a lot of people aren't your friends. You know, you 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 realize that people are quick to be with you when you know when things are going good, but then as soon as things when you know every everything starts going bad, they just want to leave you straight away. And I notice that a lot. And you know, I keep that in mind. I will always be the humble guy. I'll always be polite. You know, I've been I've been brought up very well by my parents, so obviously I'll, I'll always be that person. Uh, but however, it's like the, I, I use this analogy all the time, but it is it's it's really something that that resonates very well with me is that uh you've got blue lightsaber red lightsaber yeah blue lightsaber is almost like too much in the side of you know being polite kind sweet and then you've got the red lightsaber arrogant mean angry you know you've got to have that fine balance though you've got to be somewhere in the middle you know you've got to meet in the middle somewhere where you've got to have that but if you do not have the blue lightsaber you do not have the the other side you're going to get crushed you know so this is something that i you need to be off. purple lightsaber Exactly. Mace, Mace Windu, you need to be Samuel Mace L. Jackson. Windu. We all need to be more Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> really? That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> if that's anything to be learned in life, be more like Samuel L. Jackson. Um, that's it. We all should yeah. just live our lives like that. <laughs> so you, you touched on the fight game, what? Modestus. You, you, when, when you were talking about the fight game, you were saying there's, there's, there's obviously when, when, when you're winning, everyone wants to be your friend, and and when you're losing, no one wants to know you. Um, I saw something, and I was really really sort of surprised and and a bit disappointed to 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 read that like you know things can work that way that when the injury sort of signaled your release from the UFC you found out on Twitter is that true so well i think it was already known i, I don't know exactly how it all sort of like 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 i say Maybe my manager already knew. He just didn't want to tell me or, or he was going to call me. And, you know, I don't know what the situation was. Like, like I say, my manager has always been very supportive and amazing with me. So, but yeah, obviously on media, everything gets found out and said very quickly. You know, if there's ever an inkling about anything or they see like literally, because obviously on that app, I think it's done robotically. Like as soon as someone gets taken off the roster, bang, it's done straight away. So um yeah i remember i was sitting in my bed and i was trying to be like optimistic because i'm like look i had a good fight against oleg shaychuk even though i lost and then obviously with the khalil that fight, was a I was very coming... close fight as well yeah that was like, i think that could easily have been scored for you it was it was a very very close fight i felt that one i don't feel like that was like oh because you you went on a free fight losing streak but i don't i feel like that that fight in the middle the oleg Zaychuk fight was like that was a super close fight I appreciate and I appreciate you saying that because yeah, like like you say, most people would have thought, oh yeah, well, I would have, uh, you know, I would have won that fight. And even me to this day, I still think, you know, I almost finished him in the first, almost finished him in the second, and then in the third, obviously he caught me with a good body shot. But I'm like, mm. you know, you got to look at it all around. Obviously he forward pressure. It is what it is. Fair fair play to him. You know, he won. Um, but yeah, like you know, after after the Khalil fight, I was kind of hoping that they'd at least give me one more shot. You know, I've, I, I had that very close fight with Oleg Shaychuk. I fought Jimmy Crew, who was in the top 15 at the time. And uh, and now Khalil Roundtree, who's had a massive resurgence, who's yeah. going on a massive winning streak. So it's like, you know, you're, I was fighting very tough opponents. So I thought at least they might give me one more shot. But unfortunately, it wasn't to be. And yeah, I literally looked on my phone. And on Twitter, there's there's a there's a there's a, a page called UFC Roster Watch. And I just saw a red X with my name next to it. And I was like, I, I literally at that point, my heart just dropped. I'm like, you can't like, you can't be serious already at that moment. I straight, like I felt a little bit dizzy actually. And then straight away I, I called my manager and obviously then he then confirmed, confirmed to me that, that, that was the case. So yeah, obviously it's a very cutthroat, ruthless business, but at the end of the day, if you're not performing, you know, you, you, you don't, you, you don't, uh, 
you don't get the fruits of you know being able to fight in the UFC. But this is why they're 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 the top promotion in the world. As as sad as it sounds, but this is just life in general. You know, this is the more you understand that, the, the better it is going to be for you. You know, and and this is something that I had to learn. Obviously, extremely the extremely hard way. I remember even when I told my dad, "Listen, we've been cut from the UFC." I, I remember I was crying, obviously, because you know it, it was it was horrible, and like I I just like really I was just all my energy has been sucked away from me, you know, but then, you know, he, you could see that fierceness in my dad's eyes, like straight away. He said, we'll fucking train harder then. And we'll bloody get back, you know, like it's saying over, you know, that was the first time where you almost like you want someone to feel sympathy for you, you know, look at what's just happened. And he did, he obviously, he did show me sympathy, but like, don't get me wrong. It's not like he's just completely ruthless, <laughs> but you know, he, uh, he obviously, he understood how, how difficult it was. But the, the thing that hurt him the most was obviously seeing his son in such a, in such a like completely drawn out like yeah. I didn't even know how to explain. It. He just saw it on my face like, and he didn't want this to happen either. And obviously he couldn't have he couldn't imagine what I was going through. So obviously he's living like everything through me as well. And you were we're on this journey together. And so obviously for that to happen, it was it was horrible. But you know, um, already from that moment, you know, I knew that all I wanted to do was was to make things right and. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people probably would have said this MMA's stuff is not for me. But um but you know, I, I, I still hadn't recovered from my I knew there was so much more left to be done. I'm like, if the story ends here now, what a crap story that would be. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh yeah, he won you know, it's like, oh yeah, he won the cage warriors belt and uh he went to the UFC and got caught. Great. Like and it just for me and just in myself, like even like those things from back in the day when people just like wouldn't care about me and stuff like that. Shall I show you how fickle people are though? Yeah. It's mad because I had 12.8 thousand followers on, on Instagram before the Khalil fight. And then after the Khalil fight and after I got cut, I went down to 11.2. No so, way. So people literally just unfollowed me because I'd lost and I got cut from the UFC. So it's like, this is why I say like I, I can't even take certain things like too seriously or too or too much to heart because it's just it, this is life. People don't care about losers. It's just the sad story of life. People only care about winners, and you know it was my job to turn the tables. You know, and as difficult as it was and as hard as it was, I was very thankful that I had very you know my my dad, my stepmom, you know, and and my close family and stuff like that. They were always there to support me and and you know like tell me you know you're going to get through this and we just had to we had to just basically get you know kind of uh, work towards it just day by day. Do you know what I mean? Like just a small like hammer on the nail, just day by day, just slowly inch by inch working, and that's literally what got me through. Is just slowly seeing improvements. I had an amazing physio, an amazing surgery, and um, from that point it was a case of is it almost like motivates me even more. It's like. Joe Rogan would say all the time, it's like, you know, be the hero of your own story, you know? And it, and that was something that was like very vivid at the forefront of my mind is that I need to, I need to be the hero here. The only way I can do that is by recovering from this injury and proving everyone counting me out thought I was crap or he wasn't meant to be in the UFC. And, you know, like, or where's he going to fight? What's he going to do? And, and, you know, and, uh, it was my job to prove him wrong. Like I said, chip on the shoulder. It's a very powerful thing. I think people almost like they kind of look at it as being a bad thing. Oh, well, you shouldn't use hate as no, use it. You know what I mean? Cause it's very powerful. Cause they're going to make you do things that people don't expect you to do. And that's essentially what happened. So yeah, it was as terrible as the whole situation was, you know, um, like I say, making sure that I was able to try and work things day by day is what eventually got me through to the other side. So how like, that's obviously a huge impact on you being cut from the UFC after having your, your third loss and all that stuff. But on top of that, and I think people can find their own connections to this because I know I can, like you were injured as well, which means that, you know, and, and what we've just been talking about for those people that don't know your story, you entered the Khalil Roundtree fight, your last fight before the UFC released you with already a slightly uh, damaged knee, he hit an oblique kick, which just completely, did it tear off the meniscus or something like that? Yeah, or... so I'll, I'll, I'll basically explain everything like in detail because I actually, so I got the MRI before, basically in training about 10 weeks out from that fight, I, I, I was doing wrestling and I just heard like some cracking in my knee. And I was like, this isn't good, right? I'll, yeah. I'll try and bend it and it was very swollen and, 
you know, obviously it was like, you know, like I say, it improved, but I always felt this clicking. I always felt like this instability when I'll jump from a high, like from a, if I'll jump, do a box jump and then jump off, like instability straight away and just the clicking and like yeah. i couldn't straighten my knee fully in certain in certain bits and i'm like what the hell is going on here i'm like i probably need to get this checked out because i thought oh, i would just be a little a little scratch and we'll get on with it mm. do you know what i mean like i'll just heal and it didn't heal uh like two weeks later so hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. But then I, I went to the doctor. Uh, I got a very quick MRI. And then, um, and then, and then, yeah, basically, they said I'd torn both meniscuses in my left knee. Um, and also I torn 75% of the, uh, the ACL. So that was why the instability was happening it was because of the ACL. And the reason why I was clicking was because both the meniscuses were damaged. So already I was compromised, but at that point, I wasn't going to let that kind of stop me either. Now the doctor told me straight away, I asked him, I have some point blank. I said, will I be, I said, I've got to fight in eight weeks. Will I be able to fight? He said, because he knows me, he's a very good guy, great, great doctor. Um, you know, he said, because he's seen me before, he said, listen, because of the strength of your legs and obviously how much I've had to do physio in the past and even just strengthen up the leg muscles, he said, that will hold up. You'll be able to fight, but you'll need to get it sorted straight away. He says, "If like, you know, he says, you'll know better than anyone else, but you'll, you'll need to get it sorted, but you will be able to fight. Already, if you give me an inch, I'm going to take a mile. So he told me I could fight. I was like, I'm going to fight. And at the time, it was still during COVID, but this was that was supposed to be the first event that they were going to do in London, mate. To fight in your hometown crowd, what yeah. a freaking experience that would be. So for me, I wasn't going to give up that opportunity. And obviously, and then it got moved last minute to Vegas. And uh, obviously, I was still scheduled to fight. And you know, a lot of people probably would have pulled out, and maybe it would have been the smarter decision to pull out. But again, I had no, uh, you know, I had no money. Um, I really, I really needed that, you know, that 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 money and that win bonus and 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 stuff like that. So there was a lot of things going on. So and I was just in a really bad, tough situation. It's kind of like, you know, and it was such a big opportunity against like a very credible name. It's like you know, yeah. and and everything in training was going well. And, you know, obviously I had my issues, but I'm like, I can do it. I know I can do it. And then it was just unfortunate that obviously. They 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 picked a great technique and you know fair play to him you know he did what he had to do and uh, it was almost kind of like a heaven sent that I got my knee torn to shreds because you know then it helped you know then then I had to I had to go and get it sorted straight away and then essentially after the fight the meniscus tore off the bone is what they said and one of the tears just got a little bit bigger ACL they said looked like half a bit too floss so it was still hanging on but like by a thread and oh. then the MCL because of the chronic wear on my MCL, that was completely gone as well. So they essentially had to, uh, they had to drill the meniscus back to the bone. They had to stitch up the meniscus to obviously make sure I could preserve the tissue, which was good. I was thankful that they were able to do that because it means that, you know, my po prob probably knee replacement surgery at some point down the line in my career, you know, it will happen a lot later than, than earlier. And then, they put an artificial graft on the ACL and they put a, uh, and the hamstring as well. So it's extra strong. And then on the MCL, they just had to put an artificial graft. So essentially it was like a full knee, knee reconstruction, but 
they added this this graft this it's called a Lars graft and it's like a synthetic ligament which is apparently stronger than like human ligaments so you know essentially i'm a i'm a bionic man you know what i mean so you know i'm 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 i'm, I'm coming out here with uh, they had to they would they would never do this for anyone else never the fact that it was because it was the ufc and because they knew i wanted to return to competition very quickly i had a very amazing doctors great physio um so yeah everything everything just fell into place nicely but yeah it was that is that is a lot bad. of the physical isn't it but like yeah. how does because i know from my um own experiences like as an actor when you're not when i'm not working it can affect my mental health i can feel a bit low and a bit down when you're in a situation when you're injured you can't train you can't fight you can't do the thing that you love to do that you feel like you've kind of been put on this earth for what does that do to you mentally yeah so uh, you know i i'd originally left the workplace because uh, I was working at a gym uh, in, in Radler. And um, I originally had to leave that place because I wanted to train, you know, full time. And that was essentially, that was my dream and my goal. And that's what I wanted to do. And then uh, next thing you know, obviously everything in the, in the professional sporting world gets taken away from you. Uh, obviously the thing with the knee. And I'm sitting with my crutches now. At the beginning when, like, you know, I'm just trying to recover from the injury. I like, you know, everything was kind of okay. But then... You know, you're off the crutches. You know, you're making certain, you know, breakaways in, in your in in your recovery. But yeah, it's like having to go back to the uh, having to go back to to even even to the work. But I remember we still do training from sitting down though. So you know when it's like it was still always part of me. Like my dad would get us to do like some kettlebells and some punches from sitting down on on a seat. So I feel like as well like. Yeah, I wasn't able to to do it like properly how I wanted to, but I was still always in the game. I was still looking at videos. I was still, you know, I was still staying within within the the circle of doing it because if it got taken away from me completely, I, I would have been a re- in a really bad spot. So the fact that I was able to still, I had the perseverance to work around it. There's a lot of people who would, oh my my legs bad, so that means my upper body's bad. Like I can't, I just I'm just not going to do anything. But that's the wrong mentality, you know if you're able to move the upper body that also helps to heal the lower body so the fact that i was sitting down doing kettlebells doing punches from sitting down that helped with the recovery in itself and um it kept me in the game it kept me mentally okay i'm still working towards my goals um but yeah literally literally saw videos of liam harrison yesterday sitting down hitting pads while his knee recovers literally watched him yesterday they posted them and it's like i didn't realize that that would actually have an effect on your lower body by training your upper body yeah it's 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 like a physiological connection you know you know when they do um acupuncture the 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 nervous signals that they do on one leg is supposed to go into your other leg just by doing it on one side. So if you can imagine, the same thing would go for you know getting the blood, even the blood flow from going from the upper body, it, it still works the same going into the lower body. So it's like it's just helping to recruit the um, the right the right mechanisms in your body to 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 sort of target your, yourself. For, and it, the mind as well. I don't know. It's just like if you think to yourself, "I can still do something. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna recover from this injury, and I want to make it fast. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get through this." Like it just makes that whole situation it makes you more diligent with your physio. It makes you more just kind of like zoned in and dialed into what it is that you need to do. And then your body just naturally responds. Like the brain is a powerful thing because, as you know, like guys like David Goggins. I mean, he's freaking running. Part, like you know these iron man bloody and these these uh ultra marathons with broken knees and and all sorts like it just shows the power of the mind is crazy because it, it's true your 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 body uh, has like one one mode where you get up to like you get 70 percent out of yourself and then your mind is what gives you that extra 30 percent to continue to keep going and so so that's essentially what would happen when i'm like sort of sitting down doing all these all these moves and then naturally when i'm able to start walking getting off the crutches things just slowly start started to progress uh one one thing that i think i don't know if anyone knew but i did have to have a second operation uh it was and the only reason why i had to get that done was because they had to almost vacuum 
the there was like loads of like scar tissue and like inflammation and they essentially they just had to remove that because i remember i just couldn't straighten my leg at all and i was like oh. like and there's those thoughts in your head you're like what the hell the recovery is not going the way i wanted to but it was it was good because as soon as that happened as soon as i had that then then the recovery just skyrocketed so yeah mate it, it was a crazy journey it's literally so many ups and downs but um yeah it's uh it, it 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 was a journey that I'm actually thankful that I had because, like I said, it makes you learn a hell of a lot of lessons, and it just makes you more tough in general, mentally and physically. What what's your thoughts? I, I, you know, you, you made it clear that the, the knee was already damaged, but um, they're, they're a contentious kick, the oblique kick, and and obviously it was you know it was caused obviously serious damage to uh, to, to to you. What what was your thoughts on the oblique kick? before and what is your thoughts on it now it has always been this is fighting you know uh anything you need to go and you know obviously uh beat your opponent you know this is war at the end of the day you know this is this is uh this is primal this is you know as much as it's a sport don't forget this is fighting you know you've got to hurt the person it's just how it is unfortunately we're all trying to we're all trying to make that bread so we can we can help our families, so we can help our own lives. And it's just, you know, player versus player. So, you know, it's a it's a it's a legal move. Um, you know, it's been used before. John Jones, you know, the greatest fighter of all time, used it very effectively. So, you know, why why would why would it be uh, you know, a, a bad move now? What, just because it caused a serious injury? I mean, you know, let's be honest. I mean, I don't there might have been a couple of injuries from oblique kicks, but this one was obviously the, the most prominent. The only reason why it was so prominent was because that had happened. So, you know, it's a very legal move. Um, you know, I tried to sidekick Tyson Pedro's knee at one point, you know, and and realistically, a, a lot of people don't really get it, is that it was the timing that made that move so vicious. The first time he tried it, I moved out of the way. The, people already forget that because obviously, you know, they only see the, the worst of it. But, the first time he tried the oblique kick, I moved out of the way because he did it openly. The second time, obviously his corner, I think, maybe were trying to tell him. They said I was heavy on my front foot with the jab. I've changed a lot of these certain things now that obviously I've went into my training and everything, but I had a side-on stance and I was very heavy on the front foot with the jab. So obviously that that particular move is going to cause damage and you know it's, it's going to win you the fight. You know, we, we all got to feed our families, you know, and and, and stuff like that. So uh, as vicious as it is, it's part of the game. And, you know, it's my job to defend something like that. So, um, you know, he, he just did the technique very well and, and I applaud him for that. But, uh, uh, yeah, like, you know, I don't, don't think that I'm not going to use this to my advantage either. So yeah, completely legal in my opinion. And you mentioned, uh, John Jones just there. I think you trained with John Jones, uh, a little while ago. He is coming back in, what is it? Two weeks time or something like that, yeah. at UFC 285. What kind of John Jones do you expect to see as a heavyweight against what I think is a really tough matchup for him in, in Cyril Garn? How, how do you see that going and what kind of John Jones do you think we'll see at heavyweight? Yeah, I, I think, uh, look, he's had a lot of time away from the sport. Mm. He's had a lot of time to work on certain skills to, to fill out his body. I don't know if you've seen him now, but he's like 250 pounds. The dude is a freaking beast. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and the thing is he fills out everywhere, like in his arms and his legs. Do you know what I mean? Like when I trained with him, I was only, uh, 22. So he, I think he must've been like 27 maybe, um, at the time. And, you know, he was very lean, very athletic, but obviously very strong, you know, very, very technical, um, these things one will never forget, you know? And the thing is, like I say, he's had the time. When you're in training camp, you're always preparing for an opponent. So your skill set doesn't really go up that much necessarily because you're training specifically. When I can just open my mind and just like like now, for example, and I can just, okay, I want to work on this because I want to, because I feel like it's 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 something that I need to work on. It's, it's uh, you know, uh, uh, a faulty part of my game. You can actually spend that time to do that. Now he's had plenty of time to do that. Not only has he been able to do the strength and conditioning and the powerlifting or whatever else he needs to do to get the weight up, he's done it like periodically over time. He hasn't rushed it. He hasn't just gotten fat. Like, you know, he's he slowly worked his way up, you know. But he's I'm I'm 
a hundred percent, you know, we don't see what these athletes do behind doors. Like a lot of people thought that I was finished until I came back. You know what I mean? And they didn't even know what was going on behind closed doors. You know, I posted up different videos and stuff like that, but you know, people, uh, people will think, Oh, well, you know, he's been out of the game for ages, but don't think he hasn't been working. You know what I mean? He knows what, what challenge he has ahead of him. So, um, you know, Cyril Garn is amazing. What an athlete, you know, he's got very versatile striking, um, you know, very fast, light on his feet. So this will be a much more of a challenge because this will probably be the best striker, I think, that uh, Jones has fought to date. And especially at heavyweight where the, where the shots, you know, I mean, if you saw the knockout of Tai Tuovasa, so, you know, obviously the guy's got power in his hands as well. And he changes stances just like, mm-hmm. just like John Jones does. Uh, I think he mainly fights from Southpaw, but he does switch up. So yeah. it's going to present more problems. But look, Jones's wrestling is next level. I've experienced yeah. this firsthand. Um, he's now training with Henry Cejudo, who's a freaking Olympic wrestler, Olympic gold medalist by that, you know, also a champion. So he's going to be under very good tutelage under the wing of such a such a fighter like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in my personal opinion, I think John Jones will win it um, just due to the fact that we've seen Cyril Garn's takedown defense hasn't been necessarily the best um yep. obviously he'll he'll be working on it he'll be improving that but jones's wrestling is is really that good uh if he wants to take someone down he he you know i think he will definitely use it a lot more the striking will be very very even because john jones uses striking very well and um and yeah and on the floor john jones will have the upper hand as well so you know um i do feel that john jones will uh will be taking that heavyweight belt. Um, but it will definitely be interesting to see how he's going to handle Cyril, the, the, the problems that Cyril Garn possesses. Let's, let's go from heavyweight back down to light heavyweight and talk us through a little bit about how you see, cause it's a, it's a strange, it's a strange top 10 at the moment. And there's, there's, there's all sorts of, you know, oddness going on around the belt and stuff like that. And, and, and those in contention for the belt and, Tell me a little bit how you see the rest of this year panning out in that that sort of top five, top six, top seven of uh, of the division. Yeah, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a weird one because you know wh- where does Ankalaev and Blahovic go from their fight? Yeah. Um, you know, obviously Glover Teixeira has just retired. Uh, just retired. You got Yuri Prohaska is going to have to come off of like a very serious shoulder surgery. Um, you know, Dominic Reyes has now lost, I think, four in a row. Um, so yeah, it's a bit of a Ryan Spann is now coming up. He's fighting very soon. I think it's believe I believe it's this weekend. Saturday, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, Krilov, I think. Yeah, so you know, Krilov has 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 got some good wins. You've got Johnny Walker up in the mix. So, you know, so it seems to be a very interesting light heavyweight division. You know, you've got Jamal Hill up at the top. Um Obviously, the fight with Yuri Prohaska is definitely going to happen uh, when he recovers. Do you think that happens next? Or do you think Hill will defend the... Because, again, you just don't know how long these shoulder injuries are going to... He's going to be out for. And So, let's play a hypothetical question. If Prohaska can't make it back for another, I don't know, eight months or something like that, and Jamal Hill has to fight someone, who do you think is the most deserving person to fight Jamal Hill for the belt? Well, I would say... Uh, I would have said Rakic, but he uh, he he had a really bad knee injury as well, and he's going to be yeah. out for a long time. I mean, realistically, the guys who, I mean, if you look at it like like just being realistic, it should be Ankalaev or uh, that's what I think. I think Ankalaev. Yeah. You know, Ankalaev. You know, the the up and coming guy. Um, you know, he's beaten a lot of top guys. Obviously, the last performance, but 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 then on that side of it, you probably got to give Blahovic another shot. You know what I mean? Because mm. he he really bashed up that dude's legs like yeah, badly. You know, and uh, he had some really good moments in that fight himself. Uh, that's why, obviously, the outcome is what it, it is. What it is. So it would have to be between Ankalaev and Blahovic. And Blahovic, I think, maybe would be deserving of it because, you know, realistically, that would be his last one of his last couple chances to fight for the belt. You know, unless he continues after that. So. Um, you know, and then maybe Ankalaev would fight like a Rakic or something, you know. So there's there's these type of fights to be made, but I think, yeah, I definitely think Yuri Prohaska, obviously having to vacate the belt, he's technically the next one in line. Uh, who knows how how bad that shoulder really is? Um, but you know, obviously the like I say, the mind is very strong, and athletes' bodies are, are very well equipped to handle injuries. 
So um, yeah, it's it's interesting, man. Like you know, people I don't I don't think people give the light heavyweight division enough credit. You know, obviously you've got bantamweight, featherweight, lightweight, absolutely stacked. But you know, yeah. light heavyweight now there's 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 some very interesting fights to be made uh, in the top half and in the lower half. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's exciting times, exciting times. And and do you see the middleweight champ moving up? Um, Pereira, I mean. Obviously, he's got to get through Adesanya um, in 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 his fight, which is on March fourth as well. Or mm. yeah, so um, I mean, look, I, I don't know. I, I mean, Adesanya was winning all the rounds until that that really amazing flurry by Pereira in the last round. Uh, Pereira is a big dude, so I, I would I would um, I wouldn't be. Um, you know, I, I, def, I definitely think he, he would probably, I wouldn't be surprised if he moved up, you know, just because of how big he is. Um, but obviously if he feels comfortable at, at middleweight, but yeah, he would, he'll, he would, he'll definitely move up. But, you know, that's a tough fight on his hands. You know, Pereira and Adesanya again for the second time, Adesanya making the adjustments, um, you know, Adesanya has been in the game of MMA a little bit longer as well. So there, there might be some experience on hand there. It's just going to be a tough fight again. I, I, I'm really interested to see. I can't really put my finger on it because Pereira, he's got that, he's got those hands of stone, mate. Do you know what I mean? You get caught with one left hook and it's yeah. nice. So nice. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, would, I wouldn't want to get hit with one of those. So, um, no. yeah. Um, but if you look at, like I say, the more, the more kind of technical, slick type style of Adesanya, I mean, he might be able to... He might be able to 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 figure him out this time. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Very interesting. Yeah, just see. for just for clarity, that is uh, April eighth, UFC two eighty seven. Is that fight? So oh, we got a little, a little bit of time to wait, but that will be an absolute cracker yeah. when it when it comes along. I mean, back to you, Modestus. What what do you do just before we wrap it up? What do you do outside of MMA to relax? What what's your kind of like, oh, I'm just going to kind of decompress now and do this. I just um, basically just get up on my roof and just start listening to tribal music and start doing like war dances. No, I'm joking. I don't do that. No, 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 no. no. Um, imagine me doing that in my free time. No, like honestly, honest to God, mate, uh, watching the in-betweeners, that's one of them. So there you go. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Honest to God, that's like literally one of my favorite shows. It, it definitely gives you a true depiction as to what school life was like, especially for me. It's sad, isn't it? It's sad, but true. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, to be honest, um, I like, like, I don't know what this weird obsession I have with just like kind of like when I eat my food, for example, when I have like my lunch in between sessions, and everything, I've always got to watch something. But I end up watching the same shows over and over again. Like I've watched Power for maybe like the fourth time now. Like everyone tells me, oh, check out this new show. And I'm like, yeah, that's good. But I'm, I'm just going to check the show that I've already seen like a, a, a load of times, you know. Me and my spare time, man, I like to, I like to you know, my, my, my training partner will um we like to just go out to like sometimes we just like like going out to london just walking around like freaking you know just like the parks and stuff like that and just like kind of like just like basically going through like ideas of like you know even just fighting even just life in general just talking about certain things that we've noticed or that we've seen or like maybe something that we've done on the weekend or like what you know like what girl we might have seen or like what we're doing or you know and um so yeah like you know you know you like to you know smoke a bit of weed every now and then do you know what i mean like a little, <laughs> yeah. little little bit of relaxation I don't, I don't i don't do it often but sometimes you know you finish a hard session yeah. or you know you're on the weekend just like you know just just a little bit of relaxation but um but yeah man like um it's it's not really that like sort of entertaining because my my, my life is like very consumed by my training and um and like just my like my thoughts and my visions and like the I've noticed that the time I have in between training sessions is very small. Like by the time I finish my session and I've done like my my private sessions that I've taught and and then I'm I'm off to my next session. So yeah, realistically, it's uh, but I like doing creative things. Like I say, I like going on, on long walks in the parks and stuff like that, and like going to see some nice. Sea. I feel like nature's so good for your body, you know. Like seeing beautiful yes. things is is really is really good for yourself and just for your mental state of being, you know. And um, you know, listen to listen to music and like bump into some jams in my car. Um, and and yeah, like you know, I like doing. Like, like I say, like even playing a bit of putt shack every now and then. It's just like really, it's just kind of, I'm very spontaneous. I think that's the best word to describe me is that when I do things, it's very spontaneous on the spot. Like I don't really think about it too much. It's not something that I have a routine of doing. Um, 
but yeah, and yeah, come on, you you got a light to sleep, man. Mate, I have to get at least an extra nap in every every single day just to get through all the training. So, um, yeah. so yeah, man, it's uh, it's it's nice, it's nice. I'm just like I say, really enjoying and embracing life at the minute. Modesto, I want to ask you a couple of fights, and uh, and I want you to tell me how you think they're going to go. Yeah, Leon Usman. I think uh, Leon in this fight, uh, which might surprise a lot of people, but uh, listen, it's in his home home place. Uh, you know, doesn't have to worry about the altitude anymore. Yeah. You know, um, he did very well in that first round against Usman. So yeah, I'd say Edwards. Fiziev uh, Gaethje. That's a bloody. Uh, that's a tough one. I oh, think Fiziev. I think yeah. for Zay, uh, because I mean, although Gaethje likes to brawl, you know, obviously when it when it you know he's he's more than willing to to throw down. Fazeev's got such a beautiful technical striking style, and that 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 tie that he uses with his wrestling is amazing. So yeah, I'd say Fazeev, great fight that. Right, and uh, lastly, if it happens, you never know. Connor versus Chandler. <laughs> um, do you know what? Uh, I've had a couple of people ask me that, and yeah, I actually think McGregor. Um, because yeah. you've seen, I mean, although Chan has got some, you know, got some bombs in his hands and, you know, he, he's a very good wrestler and stuff like that. Um, he hasn't necessarily used his wrestling that much in his fights. And uh, McGregor's got that range. He's got that length. And I'm judging by what I've seen before of McGregor. You know, yeah, obviously, I yeah. don't know what everything will happen now, but, you know, he's got he's got long range. He's got that powerful southpaw um uh southpaw left left hand straight you know obviously he's going to add up the kicks and everything um i just think yeah his strike is just that much ahead of 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 chandler even though like i say one shot from china can put you away but i'd say mcgregor would take that wonderful and uh last question modestus when do you want to get back in the cage Right, so I've already made a little bit of a call out myself. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen, but you know, I've I've said on on media, you know, for the longest time it's been me as UK light heavyweight number two and Paul Craig being UK light heavyweight number one. Um, I know he's a lot higher up in the rankings than me, but uh, you know, I'll, I'm I'm ready. To, I've got such great momentum. I'm back into full training, so I would love to fight on the London card. But I know it's stacked and I know it's full. So obviously, there's all these things against me with that, but you know. Uh, I would obviously love that fight. I think that would be amazing. Like two top light heavyweights from the UK fighting in the UK. I mean, that would be pretty sick. Um, but realistically, bro, I mean, whenever uh, I'm, I'm training, I'm, I'm improving. I'm trying to broaden my horizons with with the knowledge that I'm getting. So whenever the call comes, I'll be ready to go. That's that's the main thing. I think in this game, if you're not training when you don't have a fight, then you're really not going to go nowhere, especially with all these... Like, I'm getting old now. Do you know what I mean? There's these, like, proper young guns. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm 29. Like, there's guys with, like, 24, 23 coming up, you know? So the hungry ones that are... That, sorry, my battery on my phone just went off a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, the hungry ones, the ones that, like, you know, really want to prove themselves, they're going to be coming up. So I've got to stay sharp. So that's why I'll just be training all the time. And, yeah, when the time's right, mate, you'll, you'll hear the fight get announced. And then, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go again. But hopefully I can get another at least two or three fights this year. That's what I'm looking at. Fantastic. Well, Modestus, it's been great having you on the show, mate. Thanks so much for giving up so much of your time. We really appreciate it. Mate, thank absolutely, you guys mate. so thank much for so having much. me. Yeah, you guys are absolutely amazing. Uh, I've had a great time talking to you. So thank you so much once again. Thank oh, you. Pleasure's all ours, mate. Thanks, my guys. My guys, much love to you guys. There you go. Ah, oh, Modestus, what a top dude he was. Absolutely great guy. Um, yeah, and it's so nice to hear a story like that where you know he's reached his goal he's achieved his dream but then it's not worked out he's as he said come crashing down not only was he released he had that terrible injury he's talking about like his acl or meniscus hanging on like a piece of tooth floss you know i mean it's just a horrible horrible injury that he had but he's worked his way back. He's got through it. And, and now look at him. He's had a, 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 he won the Cage Warriors world title again. And then has come in a week's notice to fight Tyson Pedro, who Tyson Pedro had a few years off and then came back and I think got two first round knockouts yeah. over the last few months or whatever. Tyson Pedro was riding high, hometown boy. Modestus comes in on a week's notice and wins that fight convincingly. We all like, love the Rocky story, mate. We all love the Rocky all story. All love it. All love it. Yeah, it was absolutely great. Um, interesting call out of Paul Craig. Um, thought that yes. was uh, that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Obviously, Paul's had a, 
a couple of um, of, of losses uh, recently. I think he's still probably top 15, isn't he? I'm, I'm sure he's still got I to would be. imagine so. I can find out yeah. um, now. Uh, 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 but I'd imagine he would be uh, top 15 because, I mean, he lost to um, Johnny, Walker. Uh, Johnny Walker, didn't he? So Paul Craig is currently ranked 10th. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean... I think he's... Has he lost his last two? Two, yeah. Yeah, he, he lost, lost his last London, two. didn't he? And then he yeah, lost to uh, Johnny Walker. Uzdemir. But again, not losing against Muggs, you know, like people like... No, not at all. Uh, Uzdemir and, and Johnny Walker, they're, they're top fighters. They're really, really good fighters. And we have to fighters. point out that... That um, I guess arguably at the moment the top two that are actually fit to fight Ankalaev and and the champ, uh, both of them have got losses to Paul Craig. Um, so yes. you know he he is no joke. Um, but yeah, I mean if if that fight happens, that will be great for the British scene uh, to to see two Brit fighters going at it. But uh, who knows? Who knows? Whoever he's fighting, um, I'll look forward to it because. Uh, Endless amounts of energy, great chat, yeah. and uh, just a super likable guy. And um, young as well. He's saying at the end of that chat, oh, I'm getting old now. You've got these young Oh, mate, I was looking that, at the grave, right minding your beard when he was saying that. <laughs> I was thinking, come on, mate, have a look at who you're talking to, will you? <laughs> but we, we talk about this, and I've been harping on about this for a while now. The, the, the smaller weight classes, age catches up really quick. Mate. There's so much speed involved. But that light heavyweight division, it's only 29. Glover, 43 or whatever. I mean, I'm yeah. not saying that he's, he's going to be still going at 43. Glover's quite a unique specimen for that. But light heavyweights, you know, that maturity comes a little bit later in Absolutely. those heavier weight classes. And he can still do loads of great things in the UFC at the top level. Absolutely. Um, well, look, thanks ever so much, people, for listening. Um, if this is your first time uh, checking out the podcast, um, then go and have a... You, you've missed loads. You're all late to the party. Go and check out the back catalogue because there's there's well over 100 episodes now. And uh, and we've, we've been really lucky. We've got to speak to so many. We spoke to Paul Craig. Um, have we had Paul on twice? can't remember. Um, I can't remember. We definitely had him on once. Yeah. And it was a really great chat. After that, yeah. Jamal Hill win. Yes, and we've had Jamal Hill on as well. Um, and we've had Jamal Hill on, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and and a real who's who of the British scene from, from Paddy through to... Uh, Mark Arnold Goddard, Allen. Dan Hardy, Arnold Allen, yeah, Molly and... Uh, you Nathaniel know, Woods. It, it, uh, Michael Bispin. So there's some amazing chats to be had there. Some some of the old uh, legends like Dan Hardy and Brad Pickett. Some some real good good chats with uh, with them lads. And uh, and we've we've been really lucky that we've had uh, Alexander Volkanovsky on, uh, Tyron Woodley. Um, yeah, we've uh, we've had them all. So uh, so go and have a good rummage in that archive. Um, and if you've uh, not done it already and you'd like to, head over to YouTube because you can watch these uh, these chats over there because we uh, we upload the video of that. So give us a, a follow over there as well. And all we ask um, is that you just give us a little like, love, share, or a retweet and, uh, and a follow. All of that sort of stuff. Wherever you're, we're on all the social media platforms. So just give us uh, a little bit of love over there and, uh, and subscribe wherever you listen or watch. And uh, that is all she wrote. We'll be back next time. Mr. Harrison, I'll see you soon. See you later, mate. Bye.